Hi there. You're listening to the Parent App Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. While there are no perfect families, every relationship can turn the corner. Hello and welcome to the Parent App Podcast. My name is June and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Paranet Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life, and more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you'll keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow in your journey as parents. Parenting is a tough job. And what more if you're balancing full-time work, other household chores along with it. In today's fast-paced, always-on culture, burnout among parents is probably more common than we realise. In a recent Straits Times article, a senior psychologist in the Child Development Unit at NUH, that's the National University Hospital, was quoted as saying, Today's parents carry varied responsibilities each competing for their time and energy. Decades ago, parents likely had it easier and simply made sure their kids were fed, safe, and not causing any trouble. Today, we have a special guest on our show, Sharon Au, who is a mom of two to share with us her experience with burnout and how she has come through it wiser and stronger. Welcome to the Parent Podcast, Sharon. And Thank you so much for joining us today. Would you like to start by introducing yourself? Hi, June. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to introduce myself. So I'm Sharon. I'm a mother of two daughters, uh, married to a wonderful man. So in my professional life, in my last over 20 years, I have always been in the people space of organizations and doing leadership, organizational development and coaching. And that's really been something that has been very much on my calling. And I see that as something that benefits also the other communities that I'm with, as well as at home. So very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Sharon. Now, I understand you went through quite a difficult season of burnout in your own life. Do you think you can bring us through that experience? What were your thoughts and feelings while you were going through that? difficult and low season? I think I would like to start with before I fell into that season in my life. And I'm the kind of person that I love doing many things. I have a lot of interest. I have a lot of uh, hobbies, communities in my workplace and outside of my workplace and groups of friends. So being the kind of person that enjoys doing many things, I am often of the mindset that I can continue in that pace. Mm. I'm happy doing many things. I'm happy being tired sometimes. Happy just getting on with life so that my life can be varied and full. Also, because of the nature of the work that I do, I thought I had very clear understanding of burnout. I thought that when I hear about people getting burnout or depressed or anxious, I thought I had myself prepared. So it was actually... A little bit shocking to me when it felt like I suddenly fell off a cliff. So I was just kind of going on, going on, going on. You can imagine riding on a horse and suddenly the horse just fell off the cliff. <laughs> when that happened, I had quite major panic attacks uh, on more than one occasion and one when I was actually driving. So that kind of made me sit up and take some action 
seek some help and actually just try to figure out what was going on with my life and what was going on with my health. At that point, I actually thought that I had a heart attack. And uh, I thought it was a physical condition. And you know, being in my 40s, you know, you do hear of people having such physical ailments. So I thought it was in that space. But as I was seeking help, what I realized was I actually was burnt out. I was depleted, using the term that my doctor said. And that began a season of just trying to get back on track with the support of my husband and my loved ones, but also being very deliberate in the choices that I made. And I would say that I'm not an expert yet in this area. I'm still very much work in progress, but that experience has enabled me to gain certain insights that I didn't have before. Wow, thank you for bringing us through that season of your life. Could you help to perhaps clarify mm. when did this happen and perhaps give us a sense of how long it took you to seek help, yeah. to rediscover some of the things that you had to change perhaps mm. in your life? Mm. So it happened actually more than a year ago when I had the panic attack. But interestingly, when I look back now and in conversation with my doctor, I probably was already on the road towards that much longer than I thought I was. Because you don't get into burnout immediately. It tends to be many things, early warning signs that I did not pay attention to, and it kind of build up to that state, right? Mm -hmm. So just like you don't immediately grow your muscles, you don't immediately get burnout as well. So it was a whole process that led to that stage. Could you also share maybe a bit of what were the early warning signs mm. so that perhaps we can also take note you know, mm. in our own lives? Yeah, so I, I would say that um, early warning signals would look different for each person. Mm. And for myself, you know, it was just quite generic things about just really getting tired more often than normal, having disrupted sleep, getting irritable, as well. And you know, it's easy to kind of, and this is what I did, it was very easy to just say, hey, you know, this is just, get on with it. Because everyone is busy. You know, I'm not the only parent who is working and managing home and community and work. Who am I to be just taking pity on myself or things like that? So I did not pay attention to it at all. Or even if I did, it was not enough. I did not know how to rest and recuperate. Mm. I love the idea of being resilient and strong and have grit. Sometimes people say, oh, you know, you're such a super mom. And I realize now how damaging that term can be because it makes you feel like you can do it all and you must do it all. Mm. And so there's something that I'm trying to move away from and be very conscious about not having that label on myself or on others and to name it differently. So that people know that when you talk about resilience, it's not just about the doing aspects of resilience, but it's also the resting aspect of resilience that is important. I love what you just mm. said, that in our minds, we think that being resilient means you keep going and you don't stop. You don't ever take time to rest or even to check in with how you're doing. But it actually is part of that whole package to spend some time just 
checking in with ourselves mm. and giving ourselves that permission to rest and to relax a little. I guess we're not machines, right? We're not built to like keep running 24-7 right. mm. and there are consequences to that kind mm. of lifestyle. So earlier you mentioned there were some early warning signals mm. like fatigue, disrupted sleep and also irritability. I guess for most of us, we do experience some of that in the course of our work or in the course of caring for our family. I wonder, is there some kind of boundary or line where it really crosses beyond what's normal and what's expected as part of human life into the realm of not normal and not typical and potentially dangerous? So I think that's challenging also because I do believe that different individuals have different circumstances and different capacities, mm. right? So I think rather than saying where should the line be, what I've learned now is to prepare for what is to come instead and make very conscious decisions about putting in time for that rest and putting in time for recuperation and putting in time to regroup. I, in the last couple of months, have also read about seven types of rest. I think it was from TED Talks. But this is something that I've also shared within my organization, right? So there's physical rest, there's mental rest, sensory rest, creative rest, emotional and spiritual rest. So I think you can name it however form you want, but it is important for us to have not just one kind of rest. Sometimes, while I say sleep is absolutely important. I think that's kind of very foundational. But we need to think also whether there's other kind of rest that we might need. So for example, for myself, I love hospitality. I love having people over. You know, I love preparing food, making the home look nice, bringing different groups of people together. What I learned was that even though I enjoyed doing that, overdoing it can also lead me to burnout as well, because it adds to everything else. And physically, I might be tired. Mentally, I might be tired because I'm making all these plans. And of course, just being up there doing all these things as well. So one of the ahas for me was that, hey, you know, getting burnout doesn't just mean that you're doing things at work. Doesn't just mean that you're doing things that you do not like. It could be that you're doing things you like and you believe in. But even then, doing too much of it might also be detrimental uh, to yourself. And to mm -hmm. myself, that was something that I realized it was interesting for me because I always thought, okay, I'm very tired, but never mind, I'm doing this because I enjoy doing it, right? And now I've learned that I'm still learning, I would say, to just pencil in a break, pencil in that time for rest. It sounds like for every individual, we need to kind of be aware of where our personal lines are and develop that wisdom and that discipline to draw some safety, put, put in some buffers around right. us. So even... Like you said, even if it's work that we enjoy and we don't typically see it as work, mm -hmm. right? But yet, doing too much of it can actually be a bad thing for us. Absolutely. And I think in the context of a family, we have different family members, whether it's our spouses or our children or our parents, and they also have their different needs and demands of you. And what I realise is that some may draw more on certain kind of rest than others. And just having that awareness of that mm -hmm is important. So for example, I have two daughters and they're very different. One really likes me to be next to her. She likes her hugs and physically just being around. Another one, she's a lot more intellectual. She likes to discuss things and talk about issues. So the cerebral part of me 
gets tapped on a lot more. For example, if I had a whole day of very cerebral work and coming back again and having to have a very cerebral conversation, just being aware that, okay, maybe I'm being taxed a lot more in this area and that's why I'm getting this maybe bubbling in irritation. It's nothing to do with her. It's just because of how I've been taxed already in that specific aspect. And I think just being able to name it and identify it helps me to make better choices as well and how to respond. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's so wise. Um, it's something practical that we can all take home and uncover and go deeper for ourselves. I think I just want to kind of explore a little bit more about the topic of burnout versus stress. For most people, it's quite hard to differentiate and we don't know when ongoing stress could just tip over to become burnout. So I think it's impossible not to have stress at all, yeah. <laughs> right? Sure. I think in our normal lives, day-to-day living, there will be stresses and some stress is good as well. Maybe if I just speak for my own example, when I was experiencing burnout, there were days I just could not get out of bed and any simple task felt like I was wading through mud and I had to even just identify three things that I could do on that day And they could be simple things and just appreciate when I got those things done. And it's because the whole body is just depleted. And it was difficult because being someone used to doing so many different things. I think it is for us to recognize once we start noticing that we have been not sleeping well, not eating well, getting irritable, or even falling sick more often than usual. I think these are all signs for us to look at our own, how we've spent the last few weeks you know, what needs to be adjusted and make very conscious effort to make those changes. I recognize that for a working parent, that sometimes feel like the lowest priority because you have so many things that you have to attend to and they feel very urgent, they feel very important. But what I realize is that if you are not taking care of yourself as the foundation, you will not be able to do all the other things that you want to be able to do. So in order to be able to do the things that are important to you, just make sure that you take care of yourself first. And you know, the interesting thing is that I always felt like, oh no, if I don't do this, then this will happen and that will happen. And one example was, as I said, enjoy hospitality. So when we have groups of friends over, I like doing things in a certain way. So I remember during my recovery period, there was one time when we had gathering of friends come over and my husband said, you don't do anything. <laughs> and he kind of said, just Music to don't my do ears. anything. <laughs> and it was just difficult for me because I enjoyed doing it, right? But I decided to just submit to what he was just saying. And I think in his wisdom of what he's saying. And he just ordered in, I think he ordered in chicken rice. And it was just really ugly packets everywhere. <laughs> but you know, we had a wonderful time. And I think so my friends who knew what I was going through, they ordered in drinks from Yakun and everything and we had the wonderful time of connecting despite what I thought I did not do and I learned that doing all those things are less important and not to say that I shouldn't enjoy doing it and I think that many people like myself who enjoy doing it and acknowledge that it's good but just know that do it to a certain extent so that you also protect your boundaries. I think that's so wise of your husband and so kind as well is, yes. to be able to see what you needed and to yeah. provide that space for you. I think you kind of touched on, you know, as parents, our to-do lists are like never ending and we are constantly looking to meet the needs of other people. Mm. But like what you reminded us, you said that it's so important for us to meet our own needs as well 
so that we can continue to give, we can continue to love and serve our families. I'm just wondering if you could share a little bit more on what else worked for you. You know, mm. you, you've mentioned about boundaries, putting mm. in certain disciplines to rest, even scheduling it in, having better balance and yeah, boundaries. I'm just wondering what else would work. Yeah, so some very practical things that I did was I started going out in nature a lot more, going for regular walks. I think I just begun with that because at that point I was not someone that was very active in terms of, you know, doing sports sport or exercising and so I've kept that as a habit and I'm very happy to say that I've already gone beyond that now I go to the gym regularly as well Uh, I do exercises at home so it's kind of building sustainability for the future it's not just I want to lose x amount of weight and all that right it's just being in nature having those walks having that protected time and space and being mindful about very basic things like what am I putting into my body how much water am I drinking Uh, What kind of food am I eating? How much sleep am I getting? In our modern world, we're very used to dopamine hits. I want to meet a kick. So we are constantly on our phones or constantly on our emails. But I think removing some of that has helped me as well. So being mindful about when I put devices away and also having my family be supportive of that as well. And they also taking on some of these habits because these are really your energy suckers without you realising it. So these are really some of the practical tips, uh, Mm. I would say, and things that I can do for a longer term. Mm. What about getting your loved ones in? You know, you mentioned a little bit of that. Mm. Like, how did you get the support of your spouse and Mm. even your girls? For my spouse, initially, it was not so easy for him to understand. So he was very caring, but he just did not understand the extremeness of what happened to me. I think he tried to give me the space and Mm. just like the example I gave where he said just to stop doing things, to remind me to notice when I was starting to derail. Mm. Because when you're building new habits, you don't build them immediately. It also takes time and sometimes we go back to our old habits and when I'm starting to take on too much, then he would actually kind of like, hey, Sharon, (laughs) you know, this is what I've been noticing. And this just recently happened again because again, I packed my schedule and then it was like, why are you so busy the last few weeks? (laughs) (laughs) So I think having people to hold me accountable, Mm. I have very good friends as well. So I'm very thankful for that. I do have friends who check in on me and whom I'm open for them to journey with me as well. I think the ability to be able to talk about it and not feel shame, I think that's important. So for me, because I had such a good network of supportive friends, I didn't find it difficult to talk about it. But I can imagine that it might be difficult for others, depending on how your circumstances is, and also being wise in how you share it as well. Because not everyone truly understands what it means to truly be in burnout. Because it's a term that's used quite loosely. Mm -hmm. But when you're medically identified as being burnout, it's a serious situation. And you've got to do something about it. And just having that regular support and check-ins around you is helpful. Well, I think that really reminds us of the importance of having safe spaces around us. And perhaps even being intentional at crafting some of these friendships and support systems around us. That's right. Because we never know when we may need to tap on them, right? (laughs) That's right. And it's part of the reason why I said yes to this podcast. Because when I shared with a few people, then I realised there were actually other people, maybe not themselves, but their spouses were going through some other or very similar issues, Mm. but they didn't feel safe to talk about it. But because I opened up, 
then you know we were able to talk about it. We were able to trade stories, share one another what worked, what to pay attention to. And then I found that I grew through that process as well. So I think it's important to talk about it. Yeah, we shouldn't be so afraid or attach certain shame and stigma yes. to such yes. things. But of course, also being wise in who we open up to mm. and share our stories with. Mm. Thank you for sharing with us your experience and bringing us You're through welcome. this journey and this season. You know, I could really appreciate the challenges you went through and it really speaks of the strength and openness you had in facing up to it as well. Asking for help, sharing with, you know, safe friends. Mm. So really thank you for this, Sharon. Before we end off and before we let you go, um, do you have any parting words to share with our listeners? Yes, and interestingly, this is just a conversation I had with my husband. So I too have three R's that I would like to leave everyone with. So the first R is rest. And you heard me talk about rest before. Just to elaborate, that is physical rest and all the other kind of rest you can think about. But for me, it was also resting in God and my beliefs because we don't do enough of that. And when you're burnt out, if you think you're rested, rest some more. The second R is recuperate. And what this means is really recover and regain. So whatever you need to recover, whatever you need to regain, Pay attention to those things and allow yourself the space to recuperate. Mm. The third R would be to regroup. And what this means is when you begin planning again, restarting, doing whatever you were doing and making things better. So my tendency is to regroup too quickly without giving enough time and space for the rest and recuperate. Mm. So I would say that is a good order to be thinking about. Rest recuperate and regroup and let's not do this fourth hour which is to rush rush through <laughs> the process right absolutely yeah absolutely it's really yes. to give ourselves that permission and space to be human absolutely. as well thank you so much once again sharon thank you thank you for your time for those tuning in we hope you have benefited much from this session and that you feel more able and more prepared to kind of put in some boundaries for yourself and to also know your needs for rest and self-care as well for more parenting resources do visit our website at family.org.sg do keep tuning in to the parent podcast to grow in your parenting journey